progressive in the things that he teaches us. And so these five weeks are going to be on character. Uh, the character that we have, Joyce Meyer says, if your gifts can, not, can take you places that your character will not be able to keep you. And that's because uh, how many of you know in your heart you're saved? But, but other people know you're saved by your character. They're, they know you're saved by what they see you say, what they see you do. Uh, how many of you have heard the word hypocrite uh, attached to the church? Well, you know, I, I don't, you know, buy into all of that because all of us make mistakes. And that doesn't make us a hypocrite. But when we live a lifestyle opposite, I said a lifestyle. Everybody say a lifestyle. I didn't say a mistake, even one, two, or three mistakes. You know, God's always wanting us to go forward. But when we live a lifestyle contrary to the truth that we have, the Bible says it's sin to him who knows it's sin. And, uh, and, and I know that in my life, I didn't know everything was sin until God convicted me that it was sin. You know, I just thought, you know, I was going to keep smoking until Jesus came. You know, I, you know, and I lit one like he might come tomorrow, and I didn't want to be without smoking it right before he got here. And so, but one day, everybody say one day, I heard, stop, and I stopped. I can tell you the day I got saved, I had this favorite word that I said. And uh, it started with S, ended with T. I said it all the time. Everything that went wrong, I said, oh, oh. I, right after the girl led me to the Lord, this is the truth. Diane Hughes led me to the Lord in her kitchen at a noon hour. I went back to work, and I was doing some farmer's accounting books for his farm, and I didn't know really what I was doing. And I remember saying, oh, and I d- couldn't say it. Like it stuck. And I heard the Lord say, don't say that again. And I didn't say it anymore. See, when the Holy Spirit, everybody say the Holy Spirit, convicts us of things in our life, it's to increase our character. It's to increase who we represent, which is the Lord Jesus Christ in the earth. And, uh, boy, I, I, now I still, I, I was still smoking, but I wasn't saying that word. <laughs> Hallelujah. I got that revelation a little later. See, so, you know, God is merciful. Everybody say merciful. But he is on a mission by the power of his Holy Spirit, to transform us. You know, it says in Romans 12, don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. We're a three-part being. We just shared this maybe a couple Wednesday nights ago. Spirit, soul, and body. Everybody say, my spirit's great. Do you know, we're not going to have a teaching on how to make your spirit work the right way. Because God gave you you know, he came alive. He, he brought that spirit alive, and it's perfect. The problem is the other two parts, the soul, the mind, the will, the emotions, and then our flesh. The flesh is the worst one of all. The flesh was in control. When you got saved, your flesh did not get saved. How many of you recognize that? But uh, something on the inside that said, don't say that word again, that was the spirit. My flesh just was going to say it because it was a habit. I just said it. But my mind had to be transformed by that word the Spirit gave me that said, don't do that anymore. Now, I had a choice. Everybody say a choice. See, changing your character to conform or be transformed to what God wants it to be is a choice. Everybody say a choice. I was talking with someone this week, and I I said, well, you've just probably been slung back on the wheel of the potter. How many of you have ever been thrown back on the wheel? How many of you know when he throws you back, you know, it's the potter's wheel. It's where there's a little 
place that God wants to fix. And so there you go again, back on the wheel until God gets that off of you. How many of you have been there? I know what that feels like. And, uh, but every time he does that, we become a more perfected vessel. Uh, we're more mature. We handle ourselves better. Uh, I, don't, I don't even think about saying the word that I used to say because my, my um, attitude has changed. So I don't need to use it as often. How many of you know that's a good thing? You know, I think I did use it one time, didn't I? When the water fell off the nightstand and the phone fell on the floor and my glasses fell in the water and, and the phone was on the floor. And I think... And my daughter was on the phone to her boyfriend who was my bass player in the church. And I was on the floor and Bill said, what are you doing? And I, I think I did say that word right there because my daughter yelled, mother. And I thought, what the world is she doing in the bedroom? Where is she? I can't find my glasses. I can't see I'm in water. I just tell you, we're being perfected. Hallelujah. We have not arrived, but we're going there. And now we're all going to go together because I'm taking you with me. Here we go. First Peter 2, 9. <laughs> this, whole, this whole month is going to be a peculiar people. Now, some of you have already been called that. But we're going to change what that, what that represents, okay? And uh, I looked up the word peculiar. First Peter 2, 9, if you're going there. Peculiar is uh, not usual or normal. And uh, I know Heather always says this is the new normal. So this is going to be the new normal for us, okay, here at Victory. And uh, we're going to be peculiar, but it's going to be a good thing. It's, it's going to be something that when the world sees us, that we stand out. Everybody say stand out. So the first teaching tonight is you're called to be a standout. Now, some of you may already be standing out. You might need a little correction. And that's what we're doing right here in this church is a mid-course correction for multiplication. So this is just part of it. Um, I like some of these other words, and I want to share them before I share the scripture. Peculiar, special, these are synonyms. Special, odd, curious, eccentric, exceptional. I like that one. I held on to that one. Freak. Well, my granddaughter always say, ooh, that's freaky. So I don't want to be that. Phenomenal. Everybody say phenomenal. See, if we want to take the, anybody want to take that one? Rare, uncommon, unique. See, there are some good ones in there that we need to grab a hold of. And this is what it says in 1 Peter 2.9. You are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people, that you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Everybody say, thank God. Turn your name and say, that is you. <laughs> Don't sound too surprised when you say it. Okay, Deuteronomy. In the beginning, you know, God created us, created us male and female, it says in uh, Genesis, and he created us in his image. And you know, I don't believe Jesus uh, would ever be with someone who's hurting, uh, upset, and say, can you just never get it right? Does that sound like who he would, what he would do? I remember at ORU when I was a single mom back in the 70s, in 79, the Lord said, I'm going to give you eyes to see people the way I see them. Boy, if you don't want to be weeping all the time and, and have your heart broken, don't ask to see people the way God sees them. 
because God sees them in a way that is going to perfect them into this most beautiful thing that he created them to be from the beginning. And he sees past all of that yuck that we see so clearly in the natural realm. In Deuteronomy chapter 7, uh, to the generation of Israelites that finally did get to go to the promised land, it says, for you are a holy people. God had called those people. The, the nation of Israel today is God's nation. Those people are his people. The Bible says it. It isn't that God plays favorites. God chose them. I don't know why. You can ask him when you get there. But we need to honor what God honors. And it says, you are a holy people to the Lord your God. The Lord your God has chosen you to be a people for himself. Now, because of Christ, we have been adopted into this because I just read it to you in 1 Peter 2, 9. So we are a part of this, but I want to go back to the original group. And it says, the Lord your God has chosen you to be a people for himself, a special treasure above all the peoples of the earth, on the face of the earth. The Lord did not set his love on you nor choose you because you were more in number than any other people. He didn't pick the biggest group, the most powerful group. He picked the Israelites. And he said, because you were more in people number than in, more in number than any other people, for you were the least of all people. But because the Lord loves you and because he would keep the oath, everybody say oath. Everybody say oath. Which he swore to your fathers, the Lord has brought you out with a mighty hand and he has redeemed you from the house of bondage, from the hand of Pharaoh, the king of Egypt. Now, we're going to go back even further into Genesis in chapter 15. Everybody say Abraham. Now, Abraham is the father of all. Now, remember, we're in VBI right now, okay? So we're like in school. And so we're going back to the very beginning in Genesis 15. Everybody say covenant. See, tonight or this day, how many of you knew yesterday was Fat Tuesday? I don't get that. You know, eat till you blow up, and then today don't eat ever again, I guess. I don't know, but you give up something for Lent. Everybody say Lent. <clears throat> now, this whole month, we're going to be examining our character. That's a good thing to do in Lent, to look at our lives and see if there's places that we need to fix it up. But really, what we're looking forward to, everybody say forward to, is the resurrection of Jesus Christ, which made us a new creation and caused us to be able to walk in the way God intends for us to walk. But it all started, everybody say it all started, back in Genesis 15 with Abraham. And this is what it says in Genesis 15. Can you, or, uh, yeah, is it Genesis? Do I have it there? X, yeah, it's Genesis. It's Genesis 12. Did I not put it? Oh, yeah. Now when the sun was going, 15. Now when the sun was going down, a deep sleep fell upon Abram. He's still Abram at this point. And behold, horror and great darkness fell upon him. Now, this is where God made the covenant. Everybody say covenant. With, he made it with Abraham, but Jesus is the one who fulfilled it. And we live in this covenant, but fulfilled. No blood of animals or goats or anything is going to save us, but the blood of Jesus did it. And now, go, can you go on to verse 13? Now, then he said to Abram, know certainly that your descendants will be strangers in a land that is not theirs. Everybody say Egypt. And will serve them, and they will afflict them for 400 years. Then it says, and also the nation whom they serve, I will judge. Did he not judge Egypt? Didn't they all drown they all drowned that chased Israel. Afterward, they shall come out with great, say that, possessions. 
See, God makes provision for his people. Now, if, I don't have time to go through all of it today, but if you go over into Exodus, when God brought them out of Egypt, it was 400 and some years, just like he told Abraham it would be. Everybody say, God knows everything. There are no surprises. No surprises. So when he brought them out, does it not say that they all went to their neighbors and asked them for, for treasures? They asked for their gold, for their silver. This is God telling them that's going to happen. Way before it ever happens. Everybody said, that's miraculous. Well, that's the kind of God we serve. You know, this is encouraging. If you're sitting here tonight and you know Jesus, you are in covenant with this God. This God that said this. And he says to you, you are a special treasure. That's what it says in the word of God. You are a special treasure for God in the earth. And so he has chosen you. Turn and say, that is awesome. How many of you know what you are or were or sometimes could be? And yet God chose you for such a time as this. And he's this kind of God. He's a covenant God. And so as we look at this, uh, everybody say, I am different. Well, I'll tell you why you're different, because you're created in the image of almighty God. Genesis 1:26. He said, let's create them in our image. So we are different. Jesus said it in John 17 this way. And he was speaking then of the disciples and he was talking to them about his departure in the book of John. I do not pray that you should take them out of the world, but that you should keep them from the evil one. How many of you know the Lord's prayer? But deliver us from, yeah. And they are not of the world just as I am not of the world. Everybody say, I am different. Say, I am chosen. So tonight, when we read that scripture in 1 Peter 2, you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation. You know, the songs that uh, the Lord gave me today in the park to play, uh, you have to forgive me because, you know, I haven't played for a long time, but uh, in services, I play in here all the time by myself. But how many of you know when you're leading yourself, it's not too hard? I mean, I can change the song, do whatever I want. But... uh, I thought, not that one, Lord. That is too hard for me to play. But he said, that's the one I want you to play. And then when I got here, he said, and I want you to do that song, I see the Lord seated on the throne. And I, and I, I had to do this. I ran into Megan and said, where's the song that says, glorify your name? And she goes, ah, we started looking through PCO. We couldn't find it. And finally, it was Reuben, Reuben Harbolt, who said, oh, just go to blah, blah. You know, these kids know everything. Just get a kid, just get a kid, go to such and such and push the button and put down some words and they'll tell you. And he says, it's called filled with your glory or filled with glory. And we found it. Everybody say, God knows how to put together a worship service. God knows what he's talking about. And God, if he's given the word, is going to give the ability to perform it. So we are chosen. We are different. You are separate. Everybody say separate. Now, um, we're not talking about divorced separated or divorced. This is separate from the world. Didn't Jesus just say that? You're in it, but you are not of it. Well, if people are going to see these people that God has created for this end time harvest, we, our character, everybody say character, is going to have to be uh, just so glorious. It's almost like it was for Moses when he would be in the presence of God and his face would shine and the people would say, could you just put a drape over it? You know, because, you know, you're, 
They were afraid of God. They were afraid of his presence. We get to go right into his presence. But, you know, how many of you would like to have somebody say, could you just put a drape over it? Glory to God, that would be, that would be an honor. Amen? Because the glory of God, everybody say the glory. Now, the glory is God's. But the vessel, everybody say the vessel, contains it, contains the glory. We contain the glory. The earth shall be filled with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. Habakkuk. It's in the book of Habakkuk. It's it's scripture. But how's that going to happen? It's going to happen by people seeing you. It's it's not all the pastors lined up on 3rd Street. It's going to be the church. Everybody say the church. The church of the living God carries the glory. But that glory is reflected by how much time we spend in his presence and how much time we give him, you know, tonight in the worship. I said to Jen, you know, uh, bless her heart, she, she leads things. And then, you know, I could feel the Holy Spirit starting to do something. And I said to her, we could have stayed there all night. How many of you know, suddenly you're in. And once you're in, it's like, don't anybody, don't anybody say, let's go home. Let's stay here a while. I know what Peter must have felt like on that mountain of transfiguration. He saw who Jesus was, and he said, hey, let's just build a, let's just build a th- three t- things, and, and you all will just stay here. You know, there's something to that. And um, because worship is what's always been number one with me in my walk with God from the very beginning. Uh, uh, you know, there may be times where if I'm playing, we may be there a while. Everybody say there's no time limit. My husband always used to say to me, stay as long as you like. I can preach fast. Everybody say, that's the way we need to think about God. Why do we stay as long as we like? Because when we stay there, we're transformed miraculously in his presence. And so when we're separated, we have to allow God to do that. We have to give him time to make us separate. And it says in Exodus, I want to talk to you about just separate in your house, separate in your life. Uh, When the children of Israel were coming out of Egypt and all the plagues, you all know the story of all the plagues that they faced. I'm going to give you a few scriptures. Every plague that happened, it did not touch the children of Israel. Not not any plague touched them. They were in the land of Goshen. Everybody say Goshen. Now, when Jesus says you've been delivered or you're in the world, but you're not of it. Well, we're kind of like in Goshen. You know, we're kind of like in a nation that doesn't exist when you look at the, the globe. We're, we're here, but we're not of that kingdom. We're of the kingdom of God. And so it, that's kind of the comparison in the book of Exodus. Because in the book of Exodus, it says, In that day, I will set apart the land of Goshen. What God's saying to, to uh, Moses is, When all this happens, I will set my people apart. Now, how many of you are glad you're set apart from Obamacare? Let's just get real. How many of you uh, would be glad to be separated from the whole welfare system of this nation? How many of you know it doesn't work? It doesn't work. Uh, It keeps people in bondage. Now, if you're on it, you stay on it and, and do the best that you can. But God's got more. He's got better. He's got better. He has a covenant for his people. And so in that day, I will set apart the land of Goshen in which my people dwell, that no swarm of flies shall be there in order, everybody say in order, that you may know that I am the Lord in the midst of the land. Everybody say God's character. 
God revealed his character. Where he is, his people are not subjected to what the other people are subjected to because they belong to him. Everybody say, that's good news. Now say, I am separated from the world system. I live by a different system. And in this system, when you obey God, you can have the things that God has said you can have. It's the truth. It's the word of God. Then in another situation, it says, so the Lord did this thing on the next day. This had to do with all the, the cattle being killed by hail. And it says, and the next, or no, this was just the livestock dying. And the next day, and all the livestock of Egypt died. But the livestock of the children of Israel, not one died. Everybody say separated. Because God knows how to separate things. Uh, only in the land of Goshen, where the children of Israel were, there was no hail. Now, we're talking about being separated. You know, when we walk with the character of God and the anointing of God, we are separated from everything that contains uh, any harm to us, any vile thing. That's why it says in Psalm 91, no plague shall come near my dwelling place. I tell you where the glory is, no evil can exist. That's why in the old covenant, the people could not get near God because evil had not been done away with. And if they'd have gotten close to him, there would have been burned up in the fire. Everybody say, thank God for the blood. Now I have prayed over the seats in this church that the fire of God would fall on them, but none of you are going to be burned up because the blood of Jesus takes care of that. Amen. We, we need to be thankful for that. We are separated. And then it goes on in, um, is, 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 is it verse 10? Yeah, chapter 10. They did not see one another. It was so, the darkness was so dark in Egypt that it said they couldn't even see the person next to them. That's how dark it got. And then it says, but nor did anyone rise from his place for three days, but all, everybody say all, all the children of Israel had light in their dwellings. Do you know the scripture, arise, shine, for the glory of God has risen upon you? There will be gross darkness, but you will shine. We are going to look different, but the choice is ours. We are different. We are separated because we've been delivered from darkness. We sang it, and, and we talked about it. the chosen generation. We're delivered out of darkness into his marvelous light. But this character issue becomes our decision. And uh, we're going to talk about in the next few weeks, honesty, integrity. How, how many of you know that in America we could use some lessons on integrity, on honesty? You know, there's, there's some things that are lacking even in our young people being taught today. Uh, it, it's not being taught according to the truth of the word. And, and there's power in the truth of the word. So we're subjecting the young people to the evil that is in the earth if they're not transformed by the renewing of their mind. It says in Galatians 2.20, for a new, new, uh, a new covenant scripture, it is no longer I who lives, but it's Christ who lives in me. And the life that I live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me. Everybody say, love me. And gave himself for me. It's no longer us. It's him living through us. And uh, 2 Corinthians 5.17 says, we are a new creation. I mean, we have been reborn spiritually. That's how it's expressed in the word of God. But what that means is we have come alive spiritually. And so now within us, that covenant is real for us that we can become everything in our character that we need to become. 
because God's given us a way to do it. And uh, my favorite part of all this is say, show forth the praises of God. We are chosen. We are different. Not weird. Different. Okay, different. And then we are separated. And for this reason, to show forth the praises of Almighty God. That's the scripture of First Peter 2.9. And uh, what God gave me was um, John 14.9. Jesus said, if you've seen me, you have seen the, the Father. How many of you know that people need to see God for who he really is? I mean, when I talk to God, the way people describe God, the way people have a real different version of who God is. It, um, he, he's a scary dude to most people. And, and all people see is that he has a lot of rules and there's no fun once you, once you go there. How many of you are believers in here? How many of you know it's fun to serve Jesus? It, it's a joy, you know, to serve Jesus. And, and, but the world is so perverted and, and they've so much flesh that people don't see the, the truth. And uh, we're going to be that reflection of God's love. It says in 2 Corinthians three eighteen. We are all transformed, all being transformed. If you could put that scripture up, Sandy. It's 2 Corinthians, and I know I'm giving you a lot of scripture, but remember you're in school. Um, 2 Corinthians 3.18. I didn't put that one in the notes, but it says we are all being transformed into the image. Now, this means that God is helping us with this work. And that the way it happens, it says, but we all with unveiled face. That means because of the covenant, the veil was rent. We can walk right into the Holy of Holies. Beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory just as by the Spirit of the Lord. That means that you can look just like Moses did all the time because we live in his presence. We live in his presence. He's in us. He's always with us. And so it says in 2 Corinthians 2.14, it says that, that through us, through us, there's this fragrance. Now, this isn't stinky. This isn't B.O. This is, this is good. Everybody say this is good. Now, thanks be to God who always leads us in triumph in Christ. And through us, through us diffuses the fragrance of his knowledge in every place. Now, what do we say Habakkuk 2, 2 says? It's not Habakkuk 2, it's Habakkuk 3, 16. If you could put that up. When I heard my body trembled, my lips quivered at the voice, rottenness entered my bones, and I trembled at myself that I might rest in the day of trouble. When he comes to the people, he will invade them with his troops. That's not the right scripture. That's a horrible scripture. Let's find a new one. <laughs> I don't even like that one. That has nothing to do with what I'm talking about. Well, this one says, and the whole earth will be filled. I read it today. It's in there, I promise. And the whole earth will be filled with the knowledge of the Lord, of the glory of the Lord. Everybody say the glory of the Lord. I said that wrong. And the whole earth, everybody say the whole earth, will be filled with the knowledge. Everybody say knowledge. Now, what did it say? We will diffuse this fragrance of the knowledge of the Lord in every place. That means the grocery store. That means wherever you are. I tell you, people, we are on assignment. We are about to have revival in the grocery. We're about to have revival in the dentist office, even with your mouth numb, even with the plastic guard in your mouth. God is going to do something. It is going to be miraculous. It is going to be miraculous what God is going to do through the body of Christ in the hour that we're living in. How many of you know that, 
that there are people who need a difference in their life? How many of you need, know people who need an encounter with the living God? How many of you know when, when, when the Spirit of God shows up that there is liberty? That's what the Word of God says. There is freedom. How many of you, when the Spirit of God showed up in your life, freedom began to happen in the areas of our life? That's what the, God, that's what the Spirit of God is saying. Now, Leviticus 10 in my Bible that, I, that I've studied all last year through uh, 12.8, Leviticus 10, 1 through 12.8, I got tickled when Brad said, we're going to read in Leviticus between the, what was that you said? The scripture we were reading was between the, yeah, it was, say that on tape. What we were looking at was just after the clean and unclean animals, but just before the bodily discharges. Well, this is part of that book. Hallelujah. But, it, but when, you know, when you read commentaries by people who are taking the Word of God and they're making it specific for uh, any, any particular subject that they're really teaching on, and John Maxwell is a, a man who teaches on leadership, and, uh, and so I, as I was reading Leviticus, and, you know, there are a few books in the Bible that just aren't that easy to read. This is one of them. I mean, how many of you pray to get to the end of Job? You know, God, get me to the end of Job where he prayed for his friends and it all got better. Hallelujah. Well, there's, you know, Leviticus is another one. It's just got so much teaching. But you know what God showed me? It's because God cares about even the very smallest detail of our life. Everybody say, that's good news. And so, as I was looking at this, it says in my Bible, in the commentary by, by um, Maxwell, character, take it seriously. Everybody say, take it seriously. Now, this is the first teaching on this. Everybody say, called to stand out. Called to be a standout. God takes seriously the issue of character. We see his concern repeatedly in Leviticus from the sin of Aaron's sons. How many of you know Aaron had two sons? They did some unholy fire. I don't know what that was. But whatever it was, that was the end of them. Hallelujah. Everybody say character is important. Yeah, it, uh, they were zapped. And, uh, and it says, Aaron's sons, to his detailed instructions about clean and unclean food, to the purification of a woman after childbirth. I mean, the whole thing is in here. It says, put being before doing. Everybody say, put being before doing. Get yourself right before you work on anything else. And this he said... For off, too, off, too often, we jump to mechanics, methods, and techniques. We put style ahead of substance. We focus on charisma, but we neglect character. How many of you know there's a lot of charisma in a lot of people? But, but character is what lasts. Character is what keeps people where God has put them to be. And I was reading, uh, you know, how God just gives you more things that go with what you're doing. And we're going to finish here. Um, when Brother... Uh, this, is, uh, this is actually Gloria Copeland. But it says, being peculiar. Uh, that's not something most of us work to achieve. But you know we should. God has called us to be peculiar, to stand out from the rest, from the rest of the world as living proof of his power and his love. And it says, we should constantly have people telling us, I've heard how Jesus healed you. I've heard what Jesus did in your life. I've heard how God prospered you and saved your children. Everybody say constantly declaring the goodness of God. 
she said, we need to start using the word to draw boundaries around your life to paint spiritual warning signs for the devil. Signs that say off limits. How many of you know that'd be a good one? Off limits. I belong to a different kingdom. Uh, what's going to make you different? It says here by, this is again um, in Le- from Leviticus, the same section. He says, uh, the following axioms beckon us to put our character first. And I asked her to put these on a slide for me. Megan did it today. Number one, and I'll give you a few minutes if you want to write. Number one, we are given gifts. That means God gives freely his gifts. It says that in James 1.17. Every good and perfect gift comes down from the Father of lights, in whom there is no variableness nor shadow of turning. Gifts are given. But we must develop our character. Number two, our character earns the trust of others. How many of you know when you're consistently who God's called you to be in an arena of your life, it causes people to trust you, to to take care of them, to, to do what needs to be done the right way. Number three, only good character gives lasting success with people. Only good character gives lasting success with people. Sound character communicates credibility and consistency. Uh, I just read where uh, Brother Copeland said, uh, inconsistency lies the power, is what Gloria was told by God. Inconsistency lies the power. You know, when your character is sound, then you communicate credibility and consistency. Our character colors our perspective. You know, when, when we see things, it is how we perceive it. How many of you know people who don't have it right, but it is what they perceive? I mean, it's real. It's what they know to be truth because they perceive it that way. Well, when your character is on target, when it's the purified character that God wants you to have, then your perspective is right. It's true. You see things clearly. Um, Ability may get you to the top. This is basically what Joyce Meyer says, but it takes character to keep you there. In other words, ability will get you to the place, but your character is what will keep you in that position. And then the last one, we cannot rise above the limitations of our character. And God wants us to rise up to be everything that he's called us to be. Amen. As we look at these different subjects, um, I can remember years ago, uh, Dr. Thelma Snugs back there. She's in the back. She's a, a Purdue professor. And, and uh, retail management, is that what you're in? Consumer sciences. Okay. And uh, she used to have Pastor Bill come to Purdue and teach her class on integrity. Uh, you would not have believed the answers from college-age students on integrity and what it meant and how they perceived it and, and, and what they would and would not do and call it character. Character development is critical to God's people having a testimony. And, you know, the Word of God says we overcome by the blood of the Lamb. Everybody say that's already given. And the word of our testimony. How many of you know... The way we live our life is a testimony, just even sometimes more than our words. And then the last one is, and not loving your life even unto death. That's not always said, but there are three things, the blood, the testimony, and not loving our life even unto death. Uh, Character is a dying sometimes to flesh. It's allowing God to take up that place in your life where 
you, you just like you just like that little thing the way you are. Have you ever heard somebody say, oh, that's just the way they are? How, how many of you have heard that? Just, that's just the way so-and-so is. You know, that's, that's just the way they are. Well, that's not really the right answer. It's, it's, they're just the way Jesus would want them to be in that situation. Wouldn't you think that'd be the answer God's looking for? We hope you've been encouraged, strengthened, and challenged in your walk with Jesus. If you need prayer for situations in your life, we encourage you to email us at prayer at victorylafayette.org or call our offices at 765-447-7777. If you desire to make Jesus the Lord of your life or if you've drifted away from the relationship you once had, I encourage you to pray this prayer with me today. Heavenly Father, I believe that you love me. I believe Jesus died for me and rose from the dead. Today, I confess Jesus as my Lord and Savior, and I receive the forgiveness for all my sins. Holy Spirit, I thank you that you come into my life and empower me to live a victorious life. Thank you for saving me. In Jesus' name, amen.